Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Lenehan here once again and this evening this January evening and a cold one too it is I'd like to talk to you about things of the dark the dark night and we may have turned a corner <laughs> a little corner as yet on the darkness of winter but there are many many dim winter nights to be faced yet Uh, it may be no harm to hear how the people who went before us uh, filled those hours and nights and how they conducted themselves if they had to travel out in that same darkness those same nights without the aid of motorised transport, uh, of course, and in a far more religious age than ours, let it be said. And what might they expect to meet if they went out there in the dark, after their game of cards, after their music session, after their night of could was over? Well, I'll name some of those things first that they might expect to meet. Uh, Please God, they didn't meet them, they might say, but uh, some of them did, and wasn't the better for them, of them, for the rest of their lives, as they told them to me over the last 43 years in the stories they have told me. 
and after I nail them for you, I'll come back then to each one of them in turn. The things that I might meet were, of course, first of all, ghosts. Secondly, uh, souls from purgatory, you would hope. Thirdly, the souls of unbaptized children. Fourthly, evil spirits. Uh, uh. Fifthly, the dead hunt. What was that? Six, the Koch de Bauer. <coughs> that was a serious one to meet. You didn't want to meet that one. You want to be a brave, brave person to meet that one and come away safely. Number seven, the Puka. <laughs> if you met him, what would you do? And number eight, the fairies, the good people. Nadine Ushle, Bonachnik, Napuri, Nadine Mahe. Whatever you want to call them, take your pick. But they were all the same. And when was the most dangerous time you might meet them? Uh, the time it was best not to be out. Uh, and there were dangerous nights to meet those. So you see, uh, it wasn't like today. Today we all feel safe. We can all travel by car. But what about those dark hours and nights of the year from, we'll say, October to March, when the best a person could have was a bicycle and a lamp on a bike won't give you much light, but most people were walking anywhere and, moreover, taking shortcuts across fields where you meet maybe anything, anything. And I've had stories from many, many old people where they did meet anything. But most of them, thank God, survived to tell the story. Now, let me tell you some of those stories. Ah, the people of the other world were always thought to be somewhat like ourselves somewhat like ourselves and to live lives that moral lives more or less uh, coincided with our own. Now they sometimes came to our world. How else would those stories exist if all these creatures didn't come to our world and if they came to our world they surely came for a purpose. Now even the church, even the church acknowledged this because the church, well, well, uh, to tidy up all this notion, it made November the 2nd the Feast of All Souls. And the month of November was called the month of the Holy Souls. Why? Well, obviously it was acknowledged that the, the souls of the dead had to be taken into account. And why did they need some help? Of course they did. And the reason was that they were in a place 
that wasn't entirely blessed. Purgatory. Purgatory. And you were supposed to pray for them so that they might get out of purgatory. But, but, uh, now, yes, your prayers sometimes maybe weren't enough. And they came back. Now, we know, we know from the stories we have heard that they came back to the living for several reasons. Let me take them in, in order as I have heard them. Sometimes they would come back to help you, to help you. Sometimes they came back because they had forgotten to do something when they were in this life. Uh, for example, they had left something undone. They had left a debt unpaid. <laughs> for example, a gambler might have, might have cheated somebody in his card-playing career. He might have cheated at the table playing poker or whatever. And it's only when he went to the other side. His debts weren't bad enough to see him to the bad place entirely, but they were bad enough not to be let into heaven. So he had to come back to ask somebody here, please, please pay my debt for me and I'll be let into the blessed place. And of course, if anybody knew that, they would be only too glad to pay his debt. There are many, many stories like that. A debt unpaid, and a soul can't get out of purgatory until that debt is paid. Another one, a soul comes back in order to, in order to help a, a, a relation, to do something for a relation to help them either with uh, financial problems or with uh, physical problems with their health or something like that and that's only to be expected that somebody in purgatory would want to help somebody in the living world because presumably uh, the person who has died well they have more experience than we have they have learned something from their living days uh, we hopefully will learn that too in due course but they have the experience now uh, I have had stories about that people who feel that they have been helped by those who have gone before them now here where I'm living there is a famous story about the island lights the island lights are little blue lights that appear over certain houses and to certain families when they are about to die. Certain families in the parish when they are about to die, when a member of the family is about to die. Now, the story behind that is that down in Inchacronan Island there is an old abbey and there's an old graveyard there. The abbey, I think, is Cistercian, or I may be wrong there, is Cistercian or Augustinian, it doesn't matter. But the old graveyard there, it uh, dates from the 13th century with the abbey. And the story goes that one stormy night, the priests, the monks who were there at the time, they were supposed to go out to an old woman who was dying on the mainland and... It was too cold and miserable to go out when they got the message that the old woman was about to die. Please, please, Father, come out, come out, please attend to her. And they said, she'll be all right until the morning. And they didn't go out. 
the old woman was dead in the morning when they went out to anoint her. And they say that ever since those blue lights are the priests that didn't go out to do their duty at that time on that night and there they'll be doing their duty for God only knows what until they have finally expiated their sin of not going out that night. So there are many stories up and down the country of people like that who didn't do their duty, who didn't pay their debt. Now there's another one, uh, a lovely story from back West Clare that I heard and I'll shorten the story because the story I had was almost a half an hour long and beautifully told but there was a fair in this town and a man, he had too much drink and eventually there was nowhere to go come the evening and he staggered into the local church. Where would he go? The benches were too hard and like anybody he made for the confession box. Sat down in the soft bench inside the soft seat inside in the confession box and you know what happened? He fell asleep. Now when the parish clerk came uh, looked around there was nobody in the church nobody that he saw so he locked the church. Now you know yourself that there is no place as creepy and lonesome as a closed church at night because the only light is the sanctuary lamp. So eventually the man woke up from his uh, drunken sleep and where am I? It was dark and he opened up the door of the confession box because he heard noise, he heard a voice and there he saw on the altar a priest on full robes, in his full robes, and the priest turned around. Is there anybody here to hear my mass? And of course, young man, terrorised, <laughs> closed the door of the confession box quick, quick and quietly. And the priest again, is there anybody here to answer my mass? Your man, shaking with fear now, and the priest again, uh, despair in his voice, is there anybody here to answer my best? And your man now had sobered up, well he was barely sober anywhere by now, and he stepped out of the confession box and he says, Father, I'll answer your mass. And the priest looked at him. Thanks be to God, he says, thanks be to God at last. And he turned into the altar, left down the chalice, you know the way they used to have the chalice covered and still do. Uh, and he started saying the Mass in Amine Patris et Filiit Spiritu Sancti Amin. And your man answered in Truibo Adaltari Deidim Qualificat. The Mass went on, and all in Latin, of course. And he answered out because he had been an altar boy, he had been an altar boy in his young days, and he answered the Mass right until the final blessing in Amine Patris, Filiit Spiritu Sancti Amen. And the priest shook his hand. Thank you. And the hand was cold, 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 and your man shuddered. But the priest smiled at him and thanked him. Ah, he said, I have been coming here for, and he named the number of years. Oh, how many hundred years? He said, I was paid for a mass that I never said, and I died suddenly, he said. 
I was in purgatory and I could never get out of it until this mass was said and I thank you, thank you, he said, now I can get into heaven and like that he disappeared. I tell you, your man went home a mighty sober man and when he told it to his wife, did she believe him? I'm not so sure, but, but, whether she did or not, um, your man, your man saw what he saw. And there's another story like that of a dead priest who comes back looking and looking and searching and searching in the presbytery for a piece of paper on which a dumb man had written his confession in order to burn it. Uh, because what a confession, what a confession is, can never be repeated to anybody else. And the poor dumb man, he had to write down his confession. Now, whether the priest found it and burned it or not, I can't tell you, but I did hear that story also. So, sometimes souls will come back in order to, in order to uh, pay a debt, we'll say, pay a debt. Now, sometimes they come back as evil spirits, evil spirits. They lived an evil life, a thoroughly evil life. And they'll come back in order to get revenge. Sheer bad-mindedness. Get revenge on the living because they're in a bad place themselves, probably hell. And so they have nothing to lose. They want to get revenge on the living, be it their own, be it their own relations or anybody. They come back. And by the Lord, they are out for revenge. You don't want to meet those ones. You don't want to meet those ones. Now, the souls in purgatory. The obvious question is, of course, what do they look like? What do they look like? They were always supposed to look pale and thin. In West Clare, there was... A notorious tyrant one time. His name was Bohlam McClancy. He was a historical character, Boethius McClancy. He was the High Sheriff of Clare one time and he fits that bill perfectly. Oh, there's many, many stories about him in the Doolan area. And when people met him, they used to always say to him, Bohlam McClancy Cadochaelig the Chos. What narrowed your leg? And it was always from standing on the poor, from standing down on the poor, which is exactly the kind of man he was in his life. He was a notorious tyrant. And so he fits into the notion of the souls from purgatory or from the other world like that who were uh, of uh, a lower order, we'll say, that had narrow legs. Why? I don't know, but it marked them out. And... What should you say to them? Because they could say nothing to you. They were dumb until you spoke to them. And there was a kind of a formal address to them. What you should say to them was, What's your trouble? In anim de katha orth. In God's name, what's your trouble? In anim de katha orth. And only then 
could I talk to you and tell you what was their trouble and what they had done and what you could do for them? And as you might expect, <laughs> you weren't going to find a soul from purgatory in any ordinary place. Because remember, they were doing their penance because a soul in purgatory was going to be suffering, suffering, suffering. You might meet a soul in a tough place. Well, you would meet a soul from purgatory in a tough place. You wouldn't meet a soul from hell. You wouldn't meet a soul from hell, probably, unless the devil let him out in order to do destruction and harm, because they were in hell and they were in hell for good. But the devil might consent to let him out in order to do destruction. But in a tough place you were going to meet a soul from purgatory because they were suffering their penance. You might meet him at a crossroads. They'd be bewildered. The poor misfortunes would be bewildered. You, meet, you might meet them between the back of a tree and the tree itself. Isn't that tough? You might meet them between the foam and the cold water of a river or a stream. Between the foam and the cold water, put yourself in their place. They were confined and they were perished with the cold. You might meet them between a leaf and the ground. Confined again. Eh, you'd meet him in other kind of harsh places like that. Tough, tough, tough. Suffering for what they had done or not done, neglected to do in this life. And next, the souls of the unbaptized children. Well, the, st the stories I always heard about those was, and I heard many stories about those, was that Kyleen's, uh, Kyleen's, Kyleenuks, whatever you want to call the little graveyards where these little children were buried, out in the in the wilds, you might say, uh, from in from the road, away from ordinary burial grounds, which was a pity and a shame. Uh, such children were buried there up to the 1960s because of harsh religious rule uh, of not being allowed to be buried with their own people in their own grave plot, simply because they were premature or stillborn and therefore unbaptizable. Um, lights were often said to be seen over those little Kyleens uh, by people coming home at night. And any of the stories I heard about those lights seen, they never frightened people. People used to bless themselves when they saw those lights and say a prayer for those little innocent children and most people I have heard those stories from they regarded those little little lights as angels angels settling over those Kyleens looking for a prayer for those innocent children and most of those stories would provoke a tear rather than anything else uh, very sad very sad stories uh, that people were were forced to follow such a rule long gone now but uh, very vivid in the minds of some of the old people who were whose whose young brothers and sisters were buried in such places 
should never have been, but those were the times, those were the times that uh, were. Now, evil spirits. I have a story from, not so far from here, the, where I live. The place is called Bunnahau, between Clare and Galway, between the, the border of Clare and Galway, of a man who was coming from Gott one night. He was coming from the fair of Gott with his horse and car, and suddenly the horse slowed. And of course the man urged him on, he wanted to get home, maybe for a few pints, or maybe just to get home, maybe he had an exhausting day at the fair, I don't know that, but no chance, the horse could not go. So the man gets off of the car, and there he saw a huge black dog with his fangs sunk into the axle of the car. And no, luckily there was a house nearby and he ran to the house. He saw the light and ran to the house and knock, knock, knock on the door. And this woman, the woman of the house came out and he explained what was happening outside. And of course the woman, she didn't seem to be overly, overly surprised. But what she did was she went in immediately and um, she, there always, that time there was always a little uh, piece of uh, uh, a little, what would I say, holy water font inside the door. And she said, here, look, here. She gave him a sprinkle of holy water into his hand. Oh, she said, sprinkle him with that. And he did, went out, sprinkled the holy water on the, the dog, big black dog, and gone. Gone. He came back in and thanked her. Now, the host was foaming at the mouth. Uh, uh, she said, that bloody devil he has been seen there many and many and many a night. So, devil, devil was right. What he did the following morning was he brought up the priest and the priest blessed the place. But uh, the old lady said, I don't think it'll do. I don't think it'll do. There was a priest here from Gott before who did the same. And look, there he is again. The priest would have to meet himself and, and. Well, another night, the priest did come when the <coughs> creature was there and blessed him. And in a flash of fire, the creature disappeared and hasn't been seen there since. But it was always a bad spot, Bunhau. Even Biddy Early warned people to be past that place at a certain hour of the night, or, or, or. She didn't say what, but she said or, and Biddy Early was rarely, rarely wrong about a thing. But when Biddy Early said to you to be past a place at a certain hour, you were safer to be past it and no more about it. Now, he was one of those creatures that uh, the black dog or the black pig that appeared to people and they were evil spirits. There's no doubt about that. And most people believed that they were the devil. 
in the form of an animal and were a warning to people to be home at a certain hour of the night. Don't be out late. Drinking or card playing or, now in the case of that other man, he was innocent, but don't be out too late at night. <laughs> now, especially card playing, because you know yourself that the deck of cards was always called the Devil's Prayer Book. But, uh, now, it wasn't, it wasn't just the black dog and the black pig. There was also a big turkey, believe it or not, a huge turkey. There was uh, that was a creature that wasn't uh, liked at night, but whatever about that, uh, I heard the stories about that too. But would you believe that on the ordnance survey map, the six-inch ordnance survey map in the parish of Tubber, not too far from here, there's the fairy house of Rinlay. The fairy house of Rinlay on the Ordnance Survey map. And an old man told me one night that he was going home with a friend from a dance. It was late. And uh, they had the dancing in this house. Now it was an ordinary farmer's house. And they had the dancing and the great fun and games and all the rest of it inside. Music and dancing. And there should be no dancing. And they knew that because the people who were living in the house at the time, they, they were elderly people. There'd be no dance there. So they crept up to the back window and looked in. But you know, the place was in darkness inside. And then they heard this <coughs> behind them. And they saw this huge, huge black pig staring at them. And across the tomb... <laughs> They ran for it in two different directions and the black pig chased them, chased the two of them and they made their escape. But by the Lord, the man that told me the story, the one of them that told me the story, he said it frightened the living life out of him that night. And what was it? What was it? But he said that there was something, there was something definitely going on there. And there is the house on the Ordnance map, the fairy house of Rinlay. How's that? Would it be on the Ordnance map if there wasn't something strange about it? I don't know. I don't know. But, in any case, the black dog does appear in many, many places. In Abbey Field, I, I, I collected the story about this priest going on a sick call. And he was making good progress when, all of a sudden, he had this beautiful song, A Chaline Das Krute No Mo, which is a very well-known song. And he stopped. He was on horseback. He stopped. And he listened to the song, mesmerised. And then, as the song trailed away, he shook himself. Holy God, he says, what am I doing? And then he spotted his horse and on and on and on and on. And when he arrived at the house where the sick man was, uh, there they were waiting at the door. You're late, father, you're late. He's gone, he's gone. The man was dead. And the priest, of course, he went in and he gave the sacrament to the man that was dead, but, but he was dead. And... The priest, of course, realised then that that was no dog, that was no uh, that was no person, it was the devil, 
It was the devil singing the song. It was the devil in the shape of a... It was a dog. It was the black dog singing the song in the shape of a dog. The devil had sung the song in order to delay him. And it had a follow-up. Because ever afterwards, when the priest, that parish priest in Abbeyfield, heard anybody singing that song in the parish, he'd whipped them out of it. He wouldn't allow that song to be sung in the parish. Because of what happened that night, the devil had gained a soul at his expense. No, the devil is a clever lad. He knows his business. So, now... There, the next one is, if you meet a spirit on the road, what do you do? Well, you do the exact same thing as if you met one of the good people, as if you, if you met one of the fairies. Try to get across a stream of water, flowing water they can't cross, no more than the fairies can. Or, before you set out, have a pinch of salt on you. Put some salt in your pocket. Or have something holy. Another one of those things that the fairies don't like. No more than a spirit. Or have something red. A little bit of a red rag. Or have a hazel stick. Something holy. Something dirty. Something red. Iron or steel. Salt. Fire. Or running water. The black-handled knife perhaps should be left until last because it could be dangerous in the wrong hands. Now, the dead hunt. I heard from a man here in Clare and it was heard in many parts of the country also that he said to me he saw the dead hunt. It didn't exactly frighten him but he saw the dead hunt heading from one of the old gentry houses across the sky. He saw the horses galloping, galloping, and the hounds galloping in front of them. Uh, it could have frightened another man, but this man wasn't easily frightened. He saw the horses and the hounds galloping, galloping out over the sky in front of him at dusk, at dusk. Just as the moon was rising, he saw him galloping out across the sky. And the funny thing is, he recognised two or three of them. And that was the reason he knew that they were the dead hunt, because the two or three of them he recognised were long, long dead. And he had known them in life. Twas, twas a peculiar sight, he said. They came right down, down, down over Dromolan Castle and on down, down towards the sea where the Fergus goes into the sea. And down, 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 down there, he said. It it was a kind of a sight that belonged to other days, the old gentry times. But he saw them. He saw them, the dead hunt. Now, the coast of Bower was a sign of death, locally. Because, for all the world, it looked like one of the old horse hearses. And if you miss it at night, what should you do? Well, first of all, I wouldn't like to meet it. Because to be a brave person indeed, who, if they heard the jingling, jingling of the chains 
and the rattling of these wheels, wheels, wheels coming toward you that that could face it. The thundering of the wheels and the rattling of the chains. But if you did meet it, what would you do? Turn away. Turn away and don't look at it. Uh, lie down into the side of the road because if it touches you, you're finished. You're finished. Uh, and I don't mean touches you in the sense that a car might touch you and kill you. But if it touches you at all, that means you're the next one to die. You're the one that it's coming for. So it was, well, the coach de Bauer, the dead, the deaf coach or the dead coach or the headless coach. A terrible apparition entirely. Well known all over the country. It was um, a frightening thing. And the puka was a black creature, like a horse, crept up behind people at night and this is the worst of it you might be going about your business in the dark and all of a sudden this creature would creep up noiselessly behind you and in under your legs open your open his back and off with you on 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 across the country off across across ditches clatherons ditches and you could find yourself fifty miles away by morning and jumped in a bog or wherever and then <laughs> you had to find your own way home and remember like I said this was a time before motor transport or anything else uh, I tell you there's many stories of being caught up by the puka well Look at all the places all over the country that are called after the puka. Here in this parish I'm living in, we have a place, a townland called Carapuka. Uh, look above in County Wicklow, where uh, the, the the reservoir for Dublin is. Uh, what what did I call it? Um, Polafuka, and there's dozens and dozens and dozens places names after named after the puka. So he was a popular popular lad, except. Uh, you didn't really want to meet him because he was a sneaky fella too and well it's the kind of transport that you didn't need late at night because you were always going to go in the wrong direction and finally the fairies the good people Nadine Uschle what did they look like? very often a band of horsemen going about that business or there could be a sudden solitary silent person joining a couple near a fort if you had to pass a fort at night uh, a couple of people maybe going about their business on their way home they'd be suddenly joined by a silent person who wouldn't say a word to them and that would be a very unnerving experience and that person would only suddenly vanish when they came to a bridge and of course the reason why is because fairies can't pass running water now as I said previously uh, it was it was the wrong time to be out We'll say November Eve, because the fairies, well, that was their night, for example. That was the night that 
they were on their travels from one fort to another. You are better off not to be out that night. Uh, let them have their night too. There were other nights as well, and other places as well, near forts. If you had to pass a fort late at night, well, remember the seven things I told you that fairies didn't, didn't like. Carry one of those with you, and uh, you'd be relatively safe. But um, there were other creatures of the other world. So they were the kind of things that people of old had to contend with during the winter nights when they were going about their business at night, when they were going home from their card plays, from their music sessions, uh, from their code, from their visiting. And that's maybe also the reason why uh, people liked a bit of company on the road home. Uh, we know that people like to take a shortcut across the fields home, but, but there's a lot of people who didn't. A lot of people who preferred to take the road home, even though the road was that bit longer, uh, if they had to go across the fields. It was nice to have company. We're all brave when we have lights. All of us nowadays were born with electricity. Every one of us now is a brave man or woman. Oh, of course we are. But if we were born in the age when electricity wasn't there in a countryside that was utterly dark, as it was two and a half years ago in the month of February after the huge storm, we found out at that time that there was a darkness there to which none of us was accustomed. That opened a lot of eyes as to how our grandparents uh, and our, well, no, our grandparents mainly lived. It was, uh, it was a different world entirely. So, uh, have a happy winter. And, uh, and I hope that you understand what I'm talking about without necessarily meeting any of the things I'm talking about. Good night. Good luck. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 